0: Welcome to Assistant Coaching. We are your assistant coaches, Eric the Bookie Ellis, Storm Diesel Dodd, Scott, even Money Bets.
1: And yeah, welcome to episode eight of Assistant Coaching. Going to do, going to jump right in as we normally do with the recap of episode, what was it, five and six of The Last Dance, uh, which aired last week. Scott, why don't you do a a rundown for me on what you thought of uh, the last two episodes of The Last Dance. Uh, we enjoyed the last two
0: episodes, definitely got into the competitive side of Michael Jordan, which I think we can all appreciate. He was, it wasn't just basketball, it was everything else. It was tossing coins and playing <laughs> golf, and I like that he was a gambler. You know, he had the money to throw around, and he wasn't afraid to, to bet on himself, and that's kind of what the last couple episodes were about,
1: and they were definitely entertaining. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you there, Scott. I think it's always interesting to see just how competitive Michael was. I mean, like you said, with everything, with the toy costs and with the security guards and and the golf and his hatred for for Jerry Krause is always uh, very evident in every episode that they do, which I I just find hilarious. I tell you what,
0: that Jerry Krause is a pretty unlikable guy, if you ask me. <laughs> They're in the locker room popping champagne after one of the championships, and all Jerry Krause has to say is, man, what what a great organization <laughs> and management we have.
1: I know. I thought the same thing. Did you guys hear um, Michael was picking on him? Uh, Jerry, in the, in the midst of the celebration, Michael was smoking a cigar, and Jerry yells, hey, Michael, you got more of those? I could use a cigar. And, and he goes, no, I can't give you one. It'll stunt your growth. <laughs> 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 I just got I could not stop laughing at that. <laughs> it is funny, too, though, how, how he's kind of perceived as the villain in this whole thing. And, and he's dead, so he can't really defend himself. They can't interview him, you know, to to get a explanation of what he was what was going through his mind through all this. Uh, Storm, I don't know about you, but my wife, Margaret, and I just
0: looked at each other uh, because we did not know that Jerry Krause was dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew that, too. Okay, we're the last ones to the party. Uh,
1: <laughs> thanks for letting us know, Eric. <laughs> I'm very sad to inform, but yes, he is. He had passed away in 2017. Here I was talking smack about him, and he can't even defend himself.
2: <laughs> it's all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. The whole world's kind of talking smack about him. So
2: I thought I thought it was funny though, like the competitive side. You know, he gets on the dream team with these guys, and then they drafted that guy. Uh, where was he from?
1: Sweden, I think. Tony Kukoc? Uh,
2: and it, no,
1: it was... No, it wasn't
2: Sweden. Croatia. Yeah, Croatia. Yeah. And Jerry Krause says, he's the future of the Bulls while you have a young Pippin and a young Jordan. <laughs> and so he tells them, me and Scotty got him and they
1: rip him a new one. Just because Jerry liked him. They never even met him. Yep. They never even met him or anything. Played against him.
0: Yeah, and they didn't even have a... Like he said, they didn't even know him. They just wanted to beat him down to make Jerry look bad. And exactly. Really
1: I wish we could hear more from the owner of the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf, because like he's the one who employed Jerry Krause. Like, if he was so bad at his job and everyone hated him, why didn't you let him go? He is in the show, isn't he? He was in episode one or two, but only for well, like five minutes. I like
0: how he explained how the draft worked out. Mm-hmm. how they they wound up getting Michael number three. He he sounded like a pretty level-headed guy.
1: Yeah. 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 He's barely been in it. I wish they would do more of him. Yeah. But we'll he see. I didn't want to speak anymore on Jerry. <laughs> probably he was sick of questions. Yeah. This up. It was up. Go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say this upcoming episode is, or episodes, is supposed to be get into uh, his baseball career and uh, the death of his father, I guess, is what I've heard. So uh, should be should be a good couple episodes on sunday good stuff so far and eric i just have to ask you before
0: this all got going you referred to michael jordan as a shitbag <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> i'm wondering where that
0: has come from
1: i think i respect the hell out of michael jordan for the career he had but i think uh his personality kind of left him to be a shitbag the way his <laughs> his gambling habits and uh his just overall personality, the fact that he's still salty about Isaiah. Obviously, I like Isaiah more than I like MJ. So I kind of side with Isaiah and that whole thing. I just think uh, it's part of his personality just to just kind of be petty. But that's ultimately because he's so competitive. So that's that's the only reason why I guess I, I don't really like Michael Jordan. I just respect the hell out of him. And uh, I like what you said about
0: Isaiah because Michael even admitted that he was the best point guard in the league Right. right behind Magic, right. So which he was Storm, stormy,
1: you know, one of the great Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. and that whole dream team thing, like about how John Stockton got and got chose instead of Isaiah. I just thought that was just utter BS. But <laughs> that was in '92, so it's not like it matters all that much now. But
2: well, they were saying, like Jordan said, it wasn't him, but because he dealt with you know Magic. Uh-huh. Larry Bird, he had his dues with everybody because Isaiah was on a team and they were assholes.
0: Nobody right. liked
2: him. Right.
0: Yeah, on, honestly, if you're going to get that group of guys as a, as a coach or whoever was picking that team, you know, they all say, hey, we don't want to play with Isaiah. You know, I can't imagine the coach would pick Isaiah. I'm sure that had a little mm-hmm. something to do with it.
1: Exactly. Well, and it's interesting, too, because Chuck Daly – The Pistons coach at the time was the USA, the Dream Team's head coach. So and he didn't even, you know, choose his own player. Guess he kind of had to go with (laughs) Bird and and Magic and and MJ there. Chuck Daly, a true American legend. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So moving on, I know we were talking about the lack of sports actually being played right now. Wanted to get into some sports conspiracy theories or just conspiracy theories in general. Scott, I'll let you kind of take the reins on this one with your with your conspiracies. Okay, uh, something that I wanted to talk about this week. I don't
0: know if you'd consider it a conspiracy theory or just a an odd mystery. Uh, when the coronavirus all began, I, you know, kind of got into these uh, black holes, rabbit holes, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. and I've wound up learning about this event. Uh, that people refer to as the Max Headroom incident. And I don't know if either of you guys have heard of this, have you? I have not. It's new to me. In 1987, on two different occasions, two Chicago news stations or television stations were hijacked. And they were hijacked by an individual dressed as a cartoon character called Max Headroom. Who spewed some BS for maybe 20, 30 seconds uh, before the sitcom that was on the air returned. So, you know, he literally hijacked their uh, their airwaves and he had the ability to put whatever he wanted on TV. But he was dressed in this rubber cartoon mask. Just talked about some random BS for a minute. Um, But that's something that really freaks me out. Kind of gives me chills. That is so weird. What What's his max headroom? Max headroom. And it what? is, I mean, you could research on it for hours. There are uh, conspiracies about who it was and what happened, but it's something that really gave me the creeps uh, just because that guy could have done whatever he wanted on that air in front of thousands or millions of people.
1: Right. So what? It,
0: it's never been solved either.
2: When was it? Like the '80s, you said. Yeah, it was in
0: 1987. Okay.
2: That is like you know, like he had that kind of technology to jack something like that. He did, and
0: only God knows what he could have done in mm-hmm. front of that many people. And he chose to just spew some BS. But I encourage you to look it up on YouTube. It's not hard to find. Okay. And it uh, it'll probably creep you out. It creeped me out.
1: It is creepy. It is. I'll definitely have to go down the YouTube wormhole with that one.
0: (laughs) Yep. And then, of (laughs) course, there's pages and pages on Reddit about, you know, who it might have been. And some people say they know who it was. And this is kind of a way to kill time when there's not much going on.
1: For sure. Do they have, like, a, a theory as to, like, why he did it? Or just he was just a goofball?
0: You know, the main theories that I've come across are some people say they know who it was... It was a couple middle-aged guys who had an apartment in Chicago, and they had some heavy-duty um, equipment. You know, that's what led them to believe that's who did it.
1: That's wild. No, I never heard that. What um, do you
0: guys, what what draws your attention as far as conspiracy theories go?
1: Mine was, uh, it's funny that Michael Jordan is kind of uh, back in the headlines nowadays, because mine has always been... My favorite conspiracy theory has always been one involving him. Back in 1993, he randomly retired at the uh, height of his career uh, to play minor league baseball. Uh, and then, of course, came back and later won three more titles with the Bulls. But in 1993, he retired for the first time. My conspiracy theory is that his gambling was so out of hand and he was involved with, he, he had like an outstanding debt to a drug dealer that was convicted of murder, I believe. And, and just like all these kind of, just kind of in with the wrong people and uh, David Stern. So my, my theory is and this, now this hasn't been proven, but my theory is that David Stern, the NBA commissioner at the time, forced him to retire for those two years, you know, to stay away from the game and get his name out of the headlines and stuff like that. Cause he was the most prominent star in the world at this time. So my theory is that he was actually forced to retire and his father who was murdered roadside was actually killed by the mob because of the debt that he owed them, the gambling debt that he owed them. So that's, uh, that's always been like my favorite conspiracy theory. You guys ever heard that one or no? I heard like
2: recently that David Stern, they were saying like he forced him to retire because of all this and everything to get his name out of the headlines. But I mean, I guess I never put two and two together. I mean, I could see that his father getting murdered because of that. Mm Because Michael, in this last episode, he was gambling nonstop. Yeah. And he gave that like $57,000 check to that golf hustler. That's the guy.
1: Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. And it was just so random. He was pulled over on the side of the road. His dad was. Just a random night in in North Carolina. And he just gets popped. Gets thrown in the woods to be found like a week later, I think. What are the chances, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. You know, that's something that one of those conspiracies that can never be proved one way or the other. Exactly. So many years ago, you know, the, the thoughts and the buzz about it have kind of gone cold and
1: Mm -hmm. something that you can always wonder about, but it's just case to me, like, why would, why would Michael just randomly walk away from basketball at the height of his career after winning a title and then just randomly go play minor league baseball, you know, to ride down buses and sleep in hotels with your teammates and stuff like that. Like uh, that just, that just doesn't make much sense to me.
0: Maybe he had Deion Sanders syndrome. <laughs> wanted to, wanted to prove to the world that he could do it all. Yeah. Stormy, do you have a conspiracy theory, uh, either sports related or not uh, that you've always kind of wondered about? You know, To continue with the
2: sports theory, I always figured, you know, like, I don't know, too much about it but nfl refs oh like you can see it they give a lot of leeway to the the right quarterback the prime specimens you know oh yeah and they always make the wrong call so that quarterback can win
0: you know i, I think you're on to something and i believe that it has happened so much that the rules are starting to shape around quarterbacks I think that referees helped certain players out so much that
1: the NFL has almost uh began to have their
0: backs on that type of thing.
1: I uh, yeah, I think um I think that's partially true because uh quarterbacks and the money makers for the NFL. Yes. Um so, I'm definitely with you there. I also think Storm kind of going back to your they tend to just give the call to the right quarterback of the right team. I look I go back to uh, a tough time for us Lions fans in 2014 when they were in Dallas for the playoffs and there's that, you know, that ghost pass interference call. And I think like there's definitely going to be a a bias for the refs towards the home team and towards the team that's going to make it more money going forward. Like obviously the NFL would rather have their darling Cowboys move on rather than the lions, that type of thing. Absolutely. And that flag that was picked
0: up in that game, Is to this day unexplainable, right? And other than exactly what you guys said about the more revenue-worthy team winning that game and moving on, Mm -hmm. it's
2: like it's not hidden in my mind. You know, a lot of us we hate Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) That's that's besides the fact, but like you could go back to last year, the two calls to the hands to the face, like oh yeah. I have friends who are Packers fans and like they can admit that was like back and forth on the game but like you just look at it you're like why they wanted Aaron Rodgers to win. Right. Like you could just say that like I mean everybody was saying like they screwed up on primetime TV and they didn't have an explanation for it.
0: I I truly believe that games like that either the Lions or anyone else the the referees are asked to favor a certain team. And if it gets down to the wire and that team needs some help, the referees are forced to pull some BS like that and try to wiggle their way out of it later. Right. Something that I'm not crazy about is the referees never have to answer for themselves. The NFL, the commissioner, they always step in, you know, sprinkle some fancy
1: words on it and it winds up disappearing. That's true. There's no accountability. For the refs, they're going to have a job one way or the other.
2: That's like the uh, playoff game when that guy straight up for the Rams destroys that wide receiver.
1: 100% <laughs>
2: yeah. pass interference. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nothing. Still, like, and that's what gives us the replay now. But, I mean, like, what's the explanation for that? Like, I mean, nobody says that. The Saints should have been in the Super
0: Bowl. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yep.
2: that should not have been the Rams in the
0: Super Bowl against the Patriots. In all game long. The refs call those ticky tacky fouls, pass interference, hands to the face, and then something that blatant
1: happens, and that no one throws a flag. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yep. amazing. Well, you you brought up the the hands to the face on that Monday night game for the Lions against the Packers storm, and and it's just not the call; it's the timing of the call. Those were mm-hmm. two you know key points in the game where the Packers were driving, and the Lions had stopped them twice on third down. They were about to get off the field. And the, nope, there's Cleet Blakeman to throw his flag and uh, save Aaron Rodgers and bail him out for a game-winning drive. So it's, it's, a, it's yeah.
0: It, exactly it. The referees know that Rodgers needs another down if that doesn't happen. Yep. And um, I actually did some reading up after that game, and Cleet Blakeman has been in a little bit of trouble before. We could get into this another time. He's been accused of being in some gambling debt and other things like that before.
1: No kidding. Yeah, we I should would, get into that. I would
0: love to dig into
1: that <laughs> next week. Let's do a Cleet Blakeman episode.
0: Any game you watch with
2: Cleet Blakeman,
1: keep an eye out. I, keep an eye on him. Yeah, I think those guys are puppets out there. It's like Tim Donaghy from the NBA back when he was fixing games for his uh, for his uh, personal purposes, gambling wise.
0: It happens,
1: and I think it happens more often than we realize or than we think.
2: I mean, you could even push it to like the NBA. Like, I mean, they give the veterans, the calls on fouls, even when there's no oh, yeah. foul.
1: Le-
0: LeBron, James Harden. Yeah.
2: Like yeah. you see the video of LeBron, he flops, they call a foul. We mm-hmm. we talked about just
0: like the NFL having the the perfect timing for those calls. It definitely happens in the NBA. If, oh, yeah. if LeBron needs a
1: ball back, you know, all of a sudden there's a call. <laughs> right. All right. So next, Vegas put out their win totals, their projected win totals for each team for 2020. And I'm going to go around the table here to Scott and Storm and myself, and we're going to give a prediction whether or not we think these teams will go over or under their projected win total. So, Scott, I'll go to you first. The Ravens are at 11.5 wins. Are we are we going to go over or under 11.5 for the Ravens? We're going to go over. I had uh, maybe 13 in mind. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Storm, what about you for the Ravens? This isn't to spite you, Scott,
2: but I think it's going to be under. I'm a little bit nervous Lamar might get hurt
1: this year. Oh, bold prediction! It's a fair, it's a fair worry, or it's a you know reasonable concern. You know what, he had man. a good
2: season last year, and this time he might you know get a little clip and he's injured for a while.
0: That, yeah, that's a good point, and you know unfortunately they have a hard bar running the show. Anything, <laughs> anything I love could John happen. Harbaugh.
1: But yeah, I guess especially for Lamar, who relies so much on mobility, yeah, that that would definitely uh, be devastating for the Ravens to have him get hurt.
0: Yeah, I don't, um, I don't want to hex the guy, but I agree with Storm. He is, he does have that
1: injury-prone uh, physique. Yeah, definitely. Staying in the AFC North, how about the Cincinnati Bengals at five? Sorry, I forgot the total. On there. <laughs> yeah, I like the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those guys. <laughs> my bad Bengals have have five wins according to vegas going over under on that scott i'm gonna take the under yeah i
2: guess i'm gonna go under but you never know
0: like he could
2: surprise he could have that really good rookie year but yeah i'll take the under he's gonna be surprised by the nfl
1: yeah i will professional lights light absolutely i'm gonna take the under as well i don't know if i uh i don't think there's enough around burrow there to have a good rookie year for him, so I'll take the under on that. Pittsburgh Steelers at nine wins. Uh, I am going to take the under on the Steelers winning nine games. Stormy, big
2: Ben, he's coming back. He's been
1: slapping around those drills, drill bags,
2: you know. <laughs> drill, bags. Uh, I think they're gonna, uh,
0: I think they're getting 10. I'm taking the over. I'm. I am totally on board with Storm. I think. Tomlin and Big Ben need a redemption year, and uh, they love to make the playoffs and they love to make a run. And, uh, yeah, Big Ben's been slapping those bags.
2: <laughs> you, see, drill bags. you see that video? No. It shows his backup dodging him, and then it shows Big Ben. He's just, like, running into him and throwing him out of the way, and then he throws the ball.
1: I have not seen those. He's definitely, uh, definitely gained a few pounds since he's been injured. Oh, yeah, he looks like a caveman. <laughs> Yeah, he does. But all right, Storm, how about the Cleveland Browns at eight and a half, over or under for the Browns? Well, OBJ, he said, I'm coming
2: back faster, stronger. <laughs> I'm taking the under. <laughs>
1: oh, take it, well, he really hit me for a loop there.
2: <laughs> like this last year, I put a lot of faith into the Browns. And I just, they just, it's so hard. They're not good. They just don't seem like they're sink to win.
0: I'm with Storm. I'm taking the under.
1: Okay. I, I'm going to go over on the Browns. I think uh, I think Baker is uh, ready to prove himself. I've always been a Baker fan, and they hired a new coach who I like like a lot better than Freddie Soup Kitchens, <laughs> and uh, they did a lot to improve their offensive line. So I'm a Browns believer, but they burned me last year, so they'll probably go under. But for the record, I'm taking the over. Moving on, going to the next division, the AFC South. Uh, let's see here. Got the Colts at eight and a half as well. Scott, are you going over or under? I'm going to go under on the Colts. Under on eight and a half. All right. Phillip rivers interception machine.
2: (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) have to go under on it. He's an old man. I don't, I don't think they do it. I don't think they make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I'm going to take the under on the Colts. I like rivers, but man, it's just time for him to go Mm -hmm. away and retire. To his, to his 10 kids or whatever he has. <laughs> he does have a um, lot of kids. They're probably ready
2: for the NFL.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right. Staying in the AFC South, got the Titans at eight and a half as well. Um, I will I will take the under on that. I think Ryan Tannehill comes back to earth uh, this season. I think Derrick Henry also comes back to earth. They didn't really do a whole lot to make their defense better. So I will take the under on eight and a half for the Titans. Storm?
2: Uh yeah. Derrick Henry, man, he's a workhorse, but, I mean, people will figure that out soon. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I'd take the under on that. I feel like Ryan Tannehill was, had his moment. Now it's going to, like you said, come back to earth.
0: Right. I'm with you guys. I'm taking the under. Like Storm said, the defenses are going to focus on Derrick Henry, and there's no way Ryan Tannehill uh, carries that load by himself.
1: No. And uh, for the Texans, uh, the Sean Watson-led Houston Texans, they are at eight wins this year for to Vegas. Uh, Scott, you got the over or under on eight. Give me
0: the over on Houston. I like Sean Watson. I like uh, what they're doing in Houston. I think they'll win double digits this year.
2: And for some reason, I thought Randall Cobb was at least 35. He's not even in his 30s. So, I'm, I'm no going to take the over. I think Deshaun Watson figures it out. Yeah, Randall Cobb hasn't <laughs> touched 30. He's like 29.
1: That blows my mind. He looks like he's I know. 52. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was like, he's about ready to retire. No, he's in his yeah. 20s.
1: That's crazy. He's injured enough for a guy who's mm-hmm. in his 30s. But, yeah, I will, I will actually take the under on the Texans. I just, I really can't get behind it trading De- DeAndre Hopkins. I just I think that is going to hurt them more than than people think. But let's see. And the last team in that division, the Jaguars, oh, boy, they're at four and a half. Ooh. I'm going to take the over just because it's such a low number, but the Jags are going to be a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> yeah, give, give me the under on that one. Fair
2: enough. Yeah, I was watching. They're, they're giving them like two wins. They're going to be terrible. Man, they're going to be bad. They're losing everybody. Okay. I'm going to go the under on that
1: one. All right, AFC West, we have the Chiefs defending champs at 11 and a half. Scott, you like the over-under or on or that? Way over. I think Mahomes is hitting his stride. <laughs> I wouldn't want to I'm play with him. you. I will take the over on that as well. Detroit should have beat him, <laughs> but I'm
0: taking the over.
1: <laughs> All righty. And we have the Los Angeles Chargers coming in at seven and a half wins. Storm, you like, you like uh, over-under on seven and a half? That's going under. I like Tyrod, but...
0: Give me the under. That's a washed-up like franchise. The
1: over. I like the over quite a bit on that one, actually. I like the Chargers roster ready-made ready, ready made, uh, roster built to win right now. I like the over on that. Also... You think Herbert comes in? Uh, if Tyrod struggles, I think he will. I don't think it'll take much for them to pull the plug on Tyrod, <laughs> but I think they're going to give him the starting job and uh, let him at least see what happens but mm-hmm. I, yeah i like tyrod too i think he he can be at least you know league average for them but yeah the vegas the vegas raiders at seven and a half total for their wins this year uh i i personally would take the under on that i just have never been a, a big gruden believer but we'll see how that plays out scott how about you
0: i'll take the over i like gruden uh he's won a Super Bowl. I think he wants to win another. Whether or not that happens, I think they'll do better than seven and a half.
2: Yeah, I'll take the over on that. I think they'll do better than seven. (laughs) Not much to say about them. I feel like maybe since they're going to Vegas, they'll have that little momentum for the first year there. Yeah,
1: that's true. New fan base, new stadium. And, yeah, the last team in the West got the Broncos at seven and a half. I will take the over. I love the offseason the Broncos had. I think they loaded up with weapons for their second-year quarterback and Drew Locke. So, yeah, I will take the over on that.
2: Yeah, I'll take the over. Drew Locke was showing some pretty good potential at the end of the year, and they loaded up with some wide receivers for them. They're ready to go.
0: And their defense is always good. I'll take the under on that one. (laughs) You dog. You guys, you know, you think they loaded up a little bit. I think they're – You know, finishing a big transition phase, and uh, maybe in a year or two, they'll be dangerous, but I don't see it
1: quite yet. Uh, In the last AFC division, we got the Buffalo Bills in the east at nine. Scott, where are you at on that? I like the Bills. I like the Bills
0: mafia. I'll take the over. I got confidence in them, and I'd like to root for them, so I'll
1: take the over. I'm with you. I like what the Bills have done. I like Josh Allen quite a bit. They have a stout defense. And uh, they play in the weakest division in football. So I will take the over on the Bills.
2: Josh Allen screwed up royally. He sure did. In the playoffs. Can't deny that. So I think he's going to look to prove himself. So I'm going to take the over on that.
1: He's set to, they're set to win first place. I'm with you. (laughs) We got the Patriots at nine (laughs) as well. I uh, was pretty outspoken about this. In last week's episode, I'm going to take the under on the Patriots winning nine games. And Scott and Storm, I, pr- I think I know how you feel on that, but I'll go to you guys on this one anyway.
2: <laughs> There's pizza and breadsticks
1: on the line. Scott's
0: going to take the over.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I can't bet against Bill Belichick. He's got
0: something scheming.
1: Yeah, he always does. Always seems to find a way. And next we have the Jets at six and a half. I will take the over. On Sammy Darnold and the New York Jets.
0: Uh, I'm going to take the under. I'm still a little salty about Sam <laughs> Darnold beating the Lions. That, that's a good enough reason for me.
1: Frank Gore
2: just signed with That's him. right.
1: Ageless wonder.
2: 16th season, but, you know, Sam, Sam might get mono. <laughs> but I'm going to have to take the under. I don't like the Jets. They're, there's too much praise on Darnold. I'm not a fan.
1: I like Darnold quite a bit. But, anyway. Uh going to the Dolphins at six wins. They drafted Tua, so I'm automatically going over. I love Tua. <laughs> Plus, I think they'll be fun to root for. They got a good young team, good young coach. I'll take the uh over on Dolphins getting six. I like Tua less because
0: you like him so much. You loved eight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the under.
2: I'm in the middle here. I'll take the over on it. Because they made some good
1: signings on their defense. That's all I have to say Yeah, Byron Jones. Mm Mm-hmm. And Tua. And Tua. (laughs) But he plays offense, in case you you hadn't heard. All right, moving on to the NFC. We'll start in the north with the Green Bay Packers at nine. Under. And I think think they're going to win exactly nine games. I guess I'd go under on that.
2: Yeah, I could see them winning exactly nine games.
1: They didn't give them
2: any Mm -hmm. weapons.
1: So I'm going to have to take the under. What about the Vikings? He's probably going to request a trade. What about the Vikings at nine as well? Give me the over on that. Yeah, I will take the over on the Vikings as well. I think they're the class of that division. They're they're pretty stacked top to bottom.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in the league who wants to play Mm -hmm. Minnesota. They're a tough team.
2: Yes, they are. I'll take the over on that. I think they're
1: going to win the division. And for the Detroit Lions, sitting at six and a half, I'm going to go to you guys first, Storm. What do you have on the Lions? I just,
2: uh, it hurts, but I could see them. I'm gonna take the over. They're gonna win seven. Mm.
0: Storm took the words out of my mouth. I gotta gotta see him do better. Three twelve and one. <laughs> that yeah, I gotta see him do better. I gotta hope for the over. Yeah,
1: right I I gotta hope for the over, but I gotta. I believe it's going to be the under. I just don't see them uh, doing much of anything with Patricia and Quinn. But going on to the Chicago Bears at eight and a half, I'm going to take the way under on that one. I would bet the house on the Bears winning less than eight and a half games. I'm with you. I I can't believe you said eight and a half. I think that's high.
2: (laughs) Freaking uh, Khalil Mack, the heart and soul of the Bears right now. And that's all they got. I'm taking the under on that. They didn't pick up Trubitsky's fifth year, and it's going to go down the shirt. For
1: For the NFC West, we have the Arizona Cardinals at 7.
0: Give me the over on that. I'd like that squad. I'd like to see them do better, and I think they will. I think they'll
1: uh, break through 500. Absolutely. I'm with you. I love the Cardinals this year. I think Kyler's going to take a big step forward, and that offense is going to be dangerous. So, yeah, I will take the over on 7 as well.
2: Yeah, I'll take the over on that. They had a good draft. They got a good uh O line mm-hmm. pick and a good trade for Hopkins. They're gonna be dangerous. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury's
1: house. They all <laughs> hang out there <laughs> that's quarantine. They're right. all together in his living room. Um <laughs> then we got the Rams. Jared Goff led Rams at eight and a half. That's another one with the with the Bears. I think that's way too high. I'll take the under.
0: I'll go under. I've made it known before that I think Jared Goff's a crock written yep. behind a good defense before, and I don't think it'll happen again.
2: Yeah, I'll take the under on that. They got rid of their good running back, and I do not they don't have much that I know of. No. <laughs> There's no big names that stick out for me, so, yep, give me the under.
1: All right, and then we got uh, the Russell Wilson-led Seahawks. At nine and a half, that's one that's another pretty easy one to me. I'll definitely take the over on that. Wilson never has only lost uh, less than ten games once in his career, so yeah, that's a no-brainer over on the Hawks. Stormy,
2: I always had a soft spot for the Hawks. I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. I like everything he does. He he surprised the hell out of me, so I'm gonna go with the over on that. They always find a way.
0: I like I like Russell Wilson. I like the music that his wife makes, and I like you know just like oh, Eric. Yeah. I like I love Pete, Pete Carroll, and I'm I'm gonna <laughs> take the
1: over all day long. Yeah, that's, that's an easy one. How about the uh, the Frisco Forty ers And I know how much you love Kyle Shanahan, Scott. So I I love Shanahan, but I so I'm gonna take the over
0: before before you tell me how many games Vegas picked them to win. Oh, wow. I'm gonna take the under. The hatred runs Man. deep, huh? I don't I don't like Kyle Shanahan, and I don't like anybody on that
1: team. I love Shanahan, and I love George Kittle, and I love Jimmy G. But, yeah, ten and a half is the total. I'm definitely going over. Storm? Uh, they, hit,
2: they had a surprising year last year. I'm going to take the under, not because of hatred or anything. I just feel like some teams are going to figure out what they're doing over there again because they run the
1: ball they a do. lot. Yeah, moving to the south. Got the New Orleans Saints at ten and a half. I think that's an over for me. I think they want to go out on top for Drew Brees' what I think will be his final year. So, yeah, that's an over for me. I agree. Drew Brees
0: is destined uh, to win another one. And at the very least, they're going to make a run at oh, yeah.
2: Drew Brees takes them through regular season. Gets hurt. In comes Jameis Winston. <laughs> there the it Super is. Bowl. The LASIK.
1: <laughs> I'll take the over on the Saints. I like your storyline you're setting up there, Storm. Yeah, right. Then we have the Atlanta Falcons at seven and a half wins. I'm going to take the over on that. I think it's a big bounce back year for Matty Ice and the boys down in Atlanta. Storm, how about you? Seven and a half.
2: I like the over on that.
0: They're going to come back. They had a crappy year Mm -hmm. last year.
1: I'm with both of you guys. I'm a Matt Ryan fan. I think they'll uh, do better than seven and a half. At – Tom Brady, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as people have been calling. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> they're at nine and a half. I'm going to go under. I think that's an eight and eight team at best. Yeah, I'm going
2: to go under on that. I think Tom Brady was just searching for mm-hmm. media. I don't think they they barely scratched the playoffs. Maybe I'm going to have to go under on
0: that. I like that, too. I'm going under I We've talked about it before. I think Tom Brady will be a, a lost puppy <laughs> without Bill Belichick.
1: Couldn't agree more. The last team in the South, the Carolina Panthers, are at five and a half. Uh Scott, what's your thought on uh, the Panthers?
0: That's brutal. I, I hate to pick the under, but I don't really see how they're going to win many games. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. What was the number five and, and a half
2: again on mm-hmm. the Panthers? Teddy Bridgewater. He showed his stuff. Gloves. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go the over on
1: that. Like the over? I like the under. I'm with Scott. I, I just mm. think their defense is trashed. Luke Kuechly retired. I, I think it's I think it's going to be a rude awakening for the Panthers this year. And, yeah, going to the final division, the NFC East, uh, we have the Dallas Cowboys checking in at nine and a half wins for 2020. I'm going to take the under on that. Um, I think they lost their uh, – Best offensive lineman and Travis Frederick, he retired. Um, I think that'll that'll have a huge effect on the running game. Um, so I will go under nine and a half.
0: I'm also going to take the under. I appreciate you taking the under, being that you're a big <laughs> Dak, bro.
1: I
2: am. I'm going to take the under because I don't think Dak's going to be You
1: think uh, it's Andy Dalton time in Dallas?
2: I think he's going to hold out and Andy Dalton's going to sh- try to shine and they're going to not It's a bold shine. prediction
1: storm. I under. like it. Going on to the Eagles, also at nine and a half. I'll take the over there. Um, I'm a big believer in Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. I think this could be their year. I like Carson Wentz. I'll take the over.
2: Yeah, I think they had a lot of injuries last year, so I'm going to take the over.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they can't possibly have as many injuries as they had last year. Yeah, let's see. We got the Giants checking in at six and a half. Boy, that seems high. Yeah, way under. Under. (laughs) Boy, that seems high. Saquon can only do so much and they really have no other no other horse on that team. I'll definitely go under.
2: Yeah, under. Under for me. The Giants are not gonna find it no. for a few
1: years. And last but not least, the Washington Redskins at five and a half.
0: Wow, what a rough division. I'm taking the under.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm gonna take the under on that because I think Dwayne Haskins is a good quarterback. But it was so flip-floppy, he didn't get the right grooming. So, yeah, the under. Yeah,
1: yeah I like what you said about Haskins there, Storm. I like him too. I, I'm going to go over on Washington, actually. I think Ron Rivera is kind of what they need. They need a stable sort of presence in that locker room. Mm-hmm. And with Chase Young there, they have a solid defensive line. They're building at the lines, both offensive and defensive. So, I like I like what the Redskins have going. Um, I don't think they'll be good by any means, but I, I'll take the over on five and a half.
2: I did forget the head Ron Rivera, but you can still, still keep, keep that on me out right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll write that down for sure the The big headline this week in the NFL was, of course, the uh, Earl Thomas's wife uh, pulling a gun on him uh, in April. I believe it was storm, but you what do you have on that for me?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is so crazy to me, but I saw this, and I heard like these rumors and everything, and she aimed a gun at him over an alleged affair. But there was a story Uh that came around. They were arguing about his Mm -hmm. drinking, and he left with his brother. So hours pass. She finds Earl Thomas with his brother in a bed naked with other women, almost like an orgy. (laughs) That's
1: what it was, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it was an orgy. I hadn't heard that until I looked it up today on the New York Post, and I quote, in the wake of his wife allegedly holding a gun to his head last month after she found him in bed with other women and his brother, <laughs> Seth.
2: <laughs> End quote. And I just, it just blew my mind. I was like, I thought it was fake at first. I was like, his brother? Yeah.
1: I I, I did a double take as well. That, that, is, that story is nuts. I saw um, Earl Thomas tweeted... Uh, <laughs> Like, please, no questions to my me and my family during this time. Well, I don't. <laughs> but believe. then his teammate Mark Ingram tweeted back at him, Mark Ingram. "Bro, you woke up naked with your brother and two women in bed. <laughs> of course, we're gonna have questions."
0: <laughs> well, the craziest thing in that article was that Earl Thomas was 31 years old. <laughs> I I thought he was closer to 40. He's been in the league forever.
1: He was part of the Legion of Boom.
0: Pretty (laughs) weird day for Earl time. I just figured
1: we
2: were good to add that in for a good (laughs) while.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Oh, Eric, you want to sign us out? All right, guys. Thanks again for listening to Episode 8 of Assistant Coaching. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you next week.